We heard in the Acts of the Apostles this morning, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Maybe not the most encouraging lines of the New Testament, but it does check out with Jesus's teaching in the gospel, such as, uh, among other things, when Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, and those who find it are few. Or he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And so the Christian faith is in no way seeking to uh, get rid of the suffering that is, all, that is inevitable in all of our lives, but rather asking, what do we do with it? And that's been the topic of much philosophical discourse and indeed most world religions since long before Christianity. I'm thinking in particular of even the Stoics back in third century BC in Athens had a very particular answer to this question. And in fact, they had a pretty good answer. And some of their thought was taken up into Christian thought. And throughout all of these, uh, this discourse, various philosophies and, and religions, in trying to answer this question about the inevitability of suffering and what do I do with it, there's always been this tension between focusing on the individual or the corporate, which gets emphasized more as a solution to deal with suffering. So Stoicism emphasizes the individual and individual, individuality. Uh, today we have, uh, and, and that's still prevalent today, we have, um, some of you might know, uh, popular psychologist Jordan Peterson, he might be considered a sort of neo-Stoic. He has a lot of good things to say. Of course, not Christian, so missing the whole picture. Uh, that's one example. But for most of us, broadly speaking in the culture, we, we suffer from hyper-individualism. Whereas uh, we are told and taught from adolescence now that we have to create our own identity, find our own unique expression, and that becomes the defining point of who we are. We need to create ourselves. That's hyper-individualism. But throughout the 20th century, we've seen the various extreme ideologies give different answers to this. Both communism and Nazism both uh, exalted the corporate over the individual, so degraded the individual dignity uh, for the sake of this sort of corporate group identity, also as an, a response in some way to what do we do with human suffering. The Catholic faith, I would say, above all other world religions and philosophies, strikes the perfect balance between the individual and the corporate. Because for Catholics, it is both and, not one or the other. They always go hand in hand and complement one another. Now, this uh, tension bleeds into our 
spirituality and our relationship with God in worship. So without sounding polemical, uh, it must be admitted that uh, in Protestantism, for them, it's all about the individual. It's just about me and God and me having this personal relationship with God above all else and, and the rest of the body of Christ is secondary at best. But I was thinking of this in light of today's gospel when Jesus says, now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. So Jesus is revealing a, a little snippet of, of our theology of, of the body of Christ that God is glorified in himself because Christ is the head of the mystical body of Christ and we are the members. And so as members of Christ's mystical body, we are now worshiping the Father in and through Christ. So when we come to Mass, we, we come here to worship not each of us as individuals offering worship to the Father, but no, we are coming as distinct and necessary members of the body so that it's not just me offering my worship to the Father alongside you, 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 and you, but it is all of us together forming the mystical body of Christ, attaching ourselves to Christ, and then participating in Christ's perfect act of worship to the Father. That is what happens in any liturgical act, most especially at Mass. So think about the line at Mass, at the end of the Eucharistic prayer that you've heard every time you've come to Mass, through him, with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. That's sort of the climax of the Eucharistic prayer that's sort of summing it all up together. Pause to think about what that means, that we're saying to the Father, through Christ, in Christ, and with Christ, all praise, honor, and glory to you, Almighty Father. Not me as an individual, but me grafted on to Christ, now worshiping the Father. St. Augustine has a very famous commentary on this very thing. Uh, it's included in the instructions and some of the liturgical books in the church. And he says this, so when we speak to God in prayer, we do not separate the Son from God. And when the body of the Son prays, it does not separate its head from itself. Christ is the head, we are the members. But it is the one savior of his body, our Lord Jesus Christ, who prays for us, he prays in us, and is the object of our prayers. Very profound insight by St. Augustine that has formed our theology of the liturgy. I'll say that one more time. It's a dense, long, classical Latin sentence. 
So when we speak to God in prayer, we do not separate the Son from God. And when the body of the Son prays, it does not separate its head from itself, but it is the one Savior of his body, our Lord Jesus Christ, who prays for us and prays in us and is the object of our prayers. So we go back to the Acts of the Apostles. It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. But notice it's written in the plural, not the singular, not you have to suffer and you, you, and you, but all of us together. Because we're a body of Christ, we suffer together as a body of Christ. And also that means we worship God together as a body of Christ. That is why we're obligated morally to attend mass on Sundays, because it's insufficient to just worship God in private on my own. We must express ourselves as a living body of Christ. And so as the answer to the great question of suffering, we don't need stoicism, we don't need secular ideology but just well-balanced Catholic faith that recognizes the, the dignity of the individual and of the body. And when we come to Mass to worship the Father, we can lay aside our weaknesses, our earthly concerns and anxieties, and join ourselves to Christ, to his eternal sacrifice. And so it is not I, by myself, worshiping the Father, but I as a unique, necessary member of Christ's body, worshiping the Father through Christ, in Christ, and with Christ. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.